Beers and Banter, episode 21. Here we come. We've got Ashes Cricket. We've got golf. We've got the NRL and AFL heating up. All that and more. Let's hit it. Big Dealsy, welcome back to the uh, Sweaty Box, mate. Take Big two. Red. How are you, mate? Well, I've already churned through a beer and we haven't even recorded an episode, so. Yeah, just a little minor hiccup yeah. along the way. Press record, apparently. It's a good start. We should have another beer then, shouldn't we? Thank you, mate. You idiot. Sorry about that. Uh, I can't believe that. We were just 20 minutes in, folks, and <laughs> realised that we weren't getting any sound into the uh, computer. Anyway, massive weekend of sport. It was, mate, yeah. Plenty of uh, plenty of late nights watching... Uh, Chewing up the sleep again. Yeah, seems to be the same every weekend at the moment. Should what? we rip straight into the ashes? Oh, why not? You can't beat the ashes. Strong position there. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, for for a three day turned into a three day match, obviously with two days rained out, um, and even yesterday, you know, going to the final day of of the test, it was still anyone's game, which is, you know, that's all you can hope for in a test match. Um, I think draw was probably a fitting result, but um, I think probably Australia looked probably the better side for the majority of the test. They, they they do look good. My only concern is with Steve Smith now in a little bit of doubt for the next test starting in three days. He's he scored thirty percent of our of the runs for Australia so far. Kids, it's we got the Monday curse going on. So, something's telling us that they don't want us to record today. Um, yeah, so they've scored thirty percent of he scored a thirty percent of Australia's runs and now in doubt now. Um, the spell by um, Joffrey Archer. Is that his name? Joffre, yeah. Joffre. Joff- I'm thinking Game of Thrones, Joffrey. Uh, Joffre Archer. They're saying one of the greatest spells of bowling by an Englishman ever. Fastest over of all time by an Englishman. Uh, my my point is, if he kills Steve Smith, is it still a great over? Is it still the greatest bowling performance by a, by an Englishman? Wow. Seems dangerous. Yeah, look, I mean, it's unfortunate, in that, and you don't like to see anyone get hit, especially after what happened a few years ago to Phil Hughes. But yeah, as I said to you in the pre-recorded here before we yeah, uh, the first take one, take one. Um, you know, I think the short delivery's been around for hundred years, um, and you go back sort of twenty years, fifteen, twenty years, and and these guys didn't wear helmets, but you know, the ball was still the same, the deliveries were still the same. Um. And I think if, you know, in hindsight, if he doesn't get hit by the ball and he ducks under it, it's it's a good delivery. Yeah. So as much as you don't like to see anybody get hit, and it's, you know, especially when it's Steve Smith who's been the best player by a mile so far, I think it's part of the game. Is it, is it body line 2.0 though? No, I don't think so. I think, as I say, it's, it's, it's part of the game, has been for a long time, I think. Probably unlucky that I think Smith maybe lost sight of it and turned away. Yeah. Um, also unlucky, you know, these guys wear helmets. It's it's missed his helmet, it's missed his shoulder and got him in, in the neck, which, yeah, very unlucky. But um, it is what it is. And, you know, it's it's 
I saw um, Tubby Taylor do a do an interview or talk about it pre um, start of play yesterday, and you know he brought up the point that when Joffre Archer went out to bat only the day earlier, yeah, the Aussie bowlers peppered him with short balls. Okay, got the same thing. So. I guess the the Poms like to get on their moral high horse. You know, they're they're booing him to the crease. They're booing him when he gets out. They're booing him when he comes back from injury. Uh, I saw some some wanker online having a go because Mitchell Johnson didn't wear a tie to some. He's now an honorary life member of the MCC. It's like the, you know that it's all hoity toity, and then they carry on like absolute bogans when he comes to the crease. I don't know. Just just the yeah. Just, I guess. They would have been, you know, Smith and Bancroft and and Warner would have been. Yeah. Oh, you're having a shocker! You've just spilled beer everywhere. Give it away. They, uh, you know, they would have been crazy to not think that they were going over to England for an Ashes series and they weren't going to cop it. Yeah, I know. From the crowd, and to be honest, Bancroft and Warner have probably probably haven't got through that yet. Smith obviously has, but to me, Bancroft and Warner are still. Well, the, the, I mean, the Poms have got the wood on them. Yeah, Warner, Warner, and Smith obviously played the World Cup, so that was, you know, that was in England as well, and that was probably the start of it. I, you know, Warner, well, Warner and Smith for me, I think they both love that. They love that uh, that fight. They love getting in there, and I think, in particular, Warner, I think it actually spurs him on. Yeah, you know, I think he's just out of form at the moment, but. Definitely Smith thrives on it as well. And, you know, he's been man of the series by a mile so far in the first two tests. So, Yeah, so he's hoping he comes good. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping they just took the bit of liberty there and rested him for the day because it's a short turnaround of the next test. And it was fairly unlikely that there was going to be a result anyway. Yeah, I guess it's up to the doctors now. And I, I haven't seen whether there was any internal damage or bleeding or Not probably sure. some bruising. But yeah. The Aussies did have 47 overs there in, in their second innings. If Warner had a fired and come out and got a quick 100, then we, we might have been a chance. Yeah, I think when we lost wickets early, yeah. um, like you say, if we had have got off to sort of naught for 40 or 50, I think maybe then they would have uh, opened up the shoulders a bit and had a crack. But yep. you know, when, when we lost wickets and we were not in trouble, but it sort of became a you know a hold on for the draw then. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was a good result. It was a good game considering we lost two days with the weather. Yeah. Um, but as I say, I think Australia is still well one nil up. But I think looking the better side at this stage. Oh, here's hoping. Mm. Uh, onto the footy. Titans wasn't a great, another great result. No, Not it wasn't. Uh, I was out there on Friday night in the stands um, with. 10,000 others, which was surprising. I think they might have doubled the figure somehow, but... Well, do you know what, though? That's that's a good sign when when you got all the haters in Sydney saying it's time to move the Titans again. We're coming stone motherless last and still wow. getting 10,000 people. It's not there. a good sign when it looks like 300 in the stadium and they put the number up and it says 10,000. <laughs> I'm not sure who does the counting there, there was but... A, there was a lot behind the glass, maybe. I think they might have uh, clicked the button a few times extra when everyone came through the gate, but... Yeah, mate, it's uh same old story. The end of the season can't finish quick enough for the Titans, but as we said earlier, you know, it's um there's guys playing in, in wrong positions and some I, of the team selections. I, I don't understand. Similar to the point I was making with the Queensland Origin t- team when we seem like we've got too many utilities and halves 
playing and not enough just troops. So you've got Mitrain and Peets playing in the same side. I understand that. That's good. You know, you, you want to rotate between the two guys. But then you also got Pete's, uh, Peachy in the side. So he's a bit of a utility. Yeah, but Peachy played in the halves played too. Played in the halves. But then you've also got Michael Gordon on the bench. Mm. So so you're playing, why do we need to play a back as a spare back on the bench when you've got guys that can play multiple positions? Yeah. I don't know. Is it because we just don't, literally don't have enough first-grade quality players in the roster anymore or what? Well, maybe. But, you know, I said before, like I, how Anthony Don's not getting a – Start in the run or in the side at all? We got you got Jesse Arthur's that hasn't really done much to impress this year at all. He's also moving on to Brisbane at the end of the season. Why would you play him over Anthony Don? Yeah, I, what's the payoff there? I don't understand that. No, I don't know unless Don's on the outer. Maybe I, you know, he came back two weeks ago. Yeah, after being dropped, got a late call up and then played okay. I thought and then got dropped again. So. You, you, there must be more to it, I'd say. You mentioned Peachy. He's been running dead all year trying to get released by the Titans and now all of a sudden it's, I want to be here, we want to live here. Don't you know? We're really excited about next season. Yeah, he's come out and said that his wife's happy and that was his initial reason for wanting to go back to Sydney. Yeah. Um, but I think it probably speaks more so around the issues he had with Garth Brennan and from all reports they were not on talking terms at all, Didn't didn't speak to each other. That's bizarre. Which is, it, it's bizarre considering Brennan was the one that poured into the club from their Penrith connection. Well, well, all the players that really let Brennan down were the ones that he brought to the club. Yeah, true. I, but, so, you know. Is there more to it though? Has Peachy put the feelers out and no one in Sydney wants well, him? Well, possibly. I mean, he hasn't been that good this year. He's been very ordinary this year. But I still come back to the fact that new coach, new season, and if if Holbrook can get Peachy back to where he was sort of 18 months ago, and it's similar with Ash Taylor, but if Peachy can get back to where he was 18 months ago and be happy and play good footy, I'd rather have him in our side than, than let him go. And But do we need small utilities? So you're going to have Rain, Pete, Peachy, Roberts, Taylor. Is Jax, is he is he's a deal over now, Riley Jax? No. We've got a couple of young halfbacks that we've now signed. Like, how many small guys do we need? I... Yeah, I mean, I I think Pete's is still probably our number one hooker. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, not sure that Rain gets a spot next year. Yep. Um, I think if you're going to carry the 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 reserve on the bench, the the utility, I don't think it's, it should be the specialist hooker. I, I think if you're going to give Pete uh, Pete's a spell, that's Peachy. I would yeah, love no, to see Peachy as that. But then the other three guys need to be monsters. Just three giants that are yeah. going to come on and keep us rolling forward. Well, don't, yeah, don't forget we got Ryan James out. Boyd out. Shannon Boyd out. Uh, Wallace didn't play Wallace either. didn't play because he had a baby four days earlier, which is mind-blowing. Um, I understand it. Last When I had my third child. Um, you missed Oz Tag, did you? The lovely company that I work for, I got some paternal leave. But also, when, when I had my second kid, I, I drove back to the mines about four days after she was born. Like... Would you not come out and honour the birth of that child and just come and ha- have the game of your life and well, hit the beers, wet the head, and then back to the hospital the next morning? Well, especially when, you know, he didn't have to travel. It was a home game. Yeah. So he could have spent all week with the baby. Yeah. Gone and played at home and, you know, been back at the hospital, been back at home with the baby. 
we, the look, same night. Anyway, don't, that's his don't choice, know the inner. There could be something else going on there, and I hope everything's all well there because nothing better than the birth of a child. So hopefully, it's you know good on him. Um, it's obviously not a critical game either, so you know probably the birth of your child is way more important than especially when you're going to run last regardless. Spoon, but I, yeah, I get that. Um, and I suppose the other one that has you know come out this week and Taylor's been they've been saying. Let him go, pay part of his salary to go elsewhere. Well, it's like the hokey pokey, mate. One minute we're letting him go, then we're keeping him, then and we're letting then him Mao, go. And then Mao's come out yesterday or this morning and said, no, nah, he's definitely a wanted player. And Holbrook's told the club that he wants him. I like the club policy of not playing, not paying people to play somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, obviously the first report was that they were looking to, to offload him and, and pay 500000 half of his salary elsewhere, to free up 500000 for the cap, but but how bad does that hurt if he goes somewhere else? And well, it does. Des Hasler or someone gets the best out of him. Yeah, it does. And and he's yeah he's got some history with Holbrook. Holbrook coached him in the Australian under twenties. Um, they say that Taylor's very excited for Holbrook to come back and coach him. Yeah, Holbrook Holbrook thinks that he can get the best out of Taylor again. So yeah, I mean he's hoping that. You know, he's a lot like Peachy. Hopefully he can get back to where he was 18 months ago. Yeah. Big win for the Raiders, Re- realistically, uh, at this stage of the season. Who who do you think can still win it? Oh, I've narrowed it down to three sides. I think Roosters, Melbourne and Raiders. No no love for the Seagulls? No, I, I, I can't see the Seagulls beating either of those three, any of those three. Um, on the big stage, what hurts the Seagulls is they don't get a home final, regardless of where they finish. They won't get to play. No, they the won't. And, and that uh, on the other side of the coin, obviously Canberra. If Canberra get a home final on a Saturday night, that's two degrees. Yeah, it's um, not going to be though because it'll be September. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be three degrees. But you know, they um, you look at their second half against the Storm on the weekend and down eighty nil, and when they get a roll on. Um, they're uh, they're a pretty good side. Phenomenal. I what? thought I, I had the rabbits in there, but I think injuries are starting to catch up with them. Yeah, I think they're fading. Yeah, but they have got the master uh, master coach, so you never know. Before we move on to the AFL, diamond rings for players' wives. What thoughts? Um, Cam Smith, you're referring to obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it on the front it probably looks a bit. Strange. Computer says no for me. Yeah, I mean, the NRL obviously look at it and say, well, first guy to play 400 may not be another guy to play 400 for quite some time, if ever. Get him a plaque. Yeah, maybe it's their way of recognising... I don't know their thought process, but maybe it's their way of recognising women in, in sport and... Partners of footballers yeah. that obviously dedicate a lot to. I mean, she's been there from day dot for him. They, I think they've been married pretty much his whole career. Um, and, and look, yeah, I, I think I've calculated it before. He, he spent over a year of his life in Origin camp, so certainly there's great sacrifices at a family level that come with that. But I would say there's hundreds of other wives and mothers out there that have driven their sons or, and husbands to training and cared for them when they're injured. And what about the guy that? only plays 200 games because his body's just crippled with injuries and then the wife's got to look after yeah, the, but isn't, that bloke. Isn't that testament to Cam Smith that he's played the same game and played 400 games? Does he not get paid for those 400? 
Oh, he does, and he gets paid know, very well. But. Just something, something doesn't sit well with me about secretive presence. Yeah, but it wasn't secretive, was it? They made, they didn't hide the fact that. I mean, they sat there and presented it to him Did up they? on stage. It, it only came presented out. to her. I thought. I thought it came out because someone broke the story. Well, Could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure, but they obviously had a reason behind it. The NRL. I don't like it. No. Buy a diamond ring for the ladies in the canteen. Well, there's there's no doubt that he could afford to go and buy one himself. So. Correct. Yeah, interesting. It's anyway, like, it's like boats in driveways and diamond rings and I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't sit right with me. Mm. Anyway, AFL. Yeah, a couple of. Uh, uh, the only thing making the uh, Titans look good is the Gold Coast Suns at the moment. Yeah, they're in uh, they're in a world of hurt. The Suns. Um, it sounds like they're going to go fairly actively hard in the off-season. Um, I think they've now worked out that the youth policy and these young guys haven't come on like they thought they were going to. They need people to lead them. They need uh, – and and Luke Hodge at Brisbane has probably set this up for a lot of other clubs to look at it and say, well, you can bring a guy in for maybe his last one or two years of his career and play a on-field mentor-type role. Um Hodge has done it very well at Brisbane. And I think the Suns are looking at guys like Burgoyne from Hawthorne. And Eddie Betts. Maybe even Eddie Betts from Carlton. Although I think I think Carlton are probably the favourites to get him back. Um, their old uh, favourite son, Eddie, might go back to Carlton. But, yeah. you know, Burgoyne and even um, Ruffhead, who retired from Hawthorne on the weekend, he's fairly good mates with Stewie Jew, the coach of the Suns. What round is it in the AFL? Are they wrapping it up? Last one this weekend. So why why is he why did he retire last weekend? He's been in well, he hasn't played senior footy probably for much of the back half of the year. Oh, right. So they brought him back. It was a home game. Yeah, right. They brought him back for a farewell. You know, he's he's a legend of the club, four time premiership player, past captain, past club champion, etc. Fair enough. So they brought him back for a farewell game. But I wouldn't be surprised if he fronts up next year for a one year deal with the Suns. Realistically, who who can win it in the AFL? Well, I think we saw, uh, you know, obviously the top four. and Similar to NRL, there's a massive advantage if you finish in the top four, especially as an interstate side because you get home final. Yeah. Um, I think Brisbane and Geelong, that game on the weekend was one of the best I've seen. You know, one point in it. The Lions Um, are back. There was talk real early in the season and everyone thought they were getting ahead of themselves, but they've they've carried their momentum. Well, I think, you know, they, they... on the back of eight in a row on the weekend, everyone sort of said, well, they're up against the number one, the best team in the comp, or top of the ladder team. Yeah. Let's see how well they're travelling. And they gave Geelong a bit of a start and, you know, they hung around all day and, and got the win. Um, so I think that probably opened, not opened up a lot of people's eyes, but people realise that they're the real deal. And, and particularly, they play Richmond this week. So if they can beat Richmond, they'll finish top. And like I just said, they'll get a home final, which is a massive advantage at the Gabba. If they can win that, they then get a week off and have a home prelim final. So they yeah. can win two games at home and and march on into a grand final, which I think if they beat Richmond on the weekend, um, you, you'd, you'd be mad to back against them winning their two games at the Gabba and making a grand final, which is massive because... They're going to have a whole, whole of Queensland riding on them. They will. They're and, the best you know, chance we've got of winning something this I year. I think it's been publicised a lot this year, but the turnaround from where they were 
Not so much last year, but even the year before. I mean, they, yeah. they were a basket case two years ago. And last year they were, you know, bottom half of the bottom eight. And they've turned it around to now be one of the favourites for the premierships. I think that's what's caught everyone offside or impressed everyone so much. Um, the other game on the weekend was Richmond and West Coast. Was, that was third against fourth. Um, and it was another great game. Only a goal in it, that one. So, you know, we saw two two unbelievable games for the top four teams on the weekend. I think Richmond, uh, you know, West Coast, obviously, if they can finish um, second, they'll get a home final as if well. They, if they get a home final, it starts making it real tough on the Melbourne teams, doesn't it? Does. It does. Got, well, any team's got to travel to Perth and play West Coast over there. It's a long flight. What if you got to go to Perth, play West Coast, and then... Then they're going to go to, and then come back and play the next week. Got to yeah. play in Brisbane or something like that. Yeah, so it's, well, it, I mean, it all comes down to this round. I, I think um, West Coast, I think, play Hawthorne in Perth, so you'd expect them to win that. Um, the big one is Richmond and and Brisbane. Brisbane need to win to probably. It's like a grand final for yeah, right both on. of those sides. Should be a good game. So, can you yeah, send, I, can I think, you send me a text so I so I watch it? No reminder. No way. Set your reminder now. Righto. So, yeah, the AFL's heating up. Last round this weekend. So, um, you know, the bottom half of the eight is fairly well in, in the hands of the Bulldogs if they play the Crows. If they can beat the Crows this weekend, that'll keep the Crows out. Yeah. Port Adelaide were the other one that were in with a chance, but they got absolutely belted by nearly 100 points yesterday. So, a few they, blowouts at this They side had of... the ball in their own court and let it slide past. So, Few blowouts at this time of the year. Ah, uh, well, you wouldn't expect so you when think from the them. season is on the line. You know they're they're playing to stay in the eight, but yeah, it's uh, it's always an interesting time of the year and trying to see how the the eight's going to play out. Um, I always hate this this weekend because you see guys retiring and playing their last game, and there's always a bit of emotion around makes who's you, who's playing their last game. Makes you a bit sad. Oh, it's just. Yeah, I mean, you saw it yesterday with Roughhead and the send-off that he got, you know, and he played his last game yesterday and kicked six goals or five or six goals and had a great game. But, it's yeah, it's always, to sad. it's always sad when you've, you've watched a guy play for 10 or 11 or 13 years and that's it, they play the last game. Fair enough. Yeah. See any of the UFC over the weekend? Never saw a bit of it. There were some cracking fights. Was there? Yes. So we saw the return of Nate Diaz to the ring. So he hasn't fought since he fought um, Conor McGregor three years ago. So he had a three-year layoff and he came out and uh, got the job done against Anthony Pettis. So that was a pretty good fight. Um, the other big one was the, the heavyweights. Heavyweight uh, title changed hands again on the weekend. So Stipe Miocic beat Daniel Cormier. So uh, knocked him awesome. out. Awesome. Some savage body blows in that one, mate. Really? Yeah. Check them out. Spewing, I missed it. Yeah, you should have. What about golf? Some, some golf happened over the weekend. Yeah. So uh, we're down to we're down to the last week in the in the FedEx coming up this week. How can they be coming to the end of their season in August? Well, they try and so this is the first year they've tried to bunch bunch the season up or bring it condense it. I guess it's all around TV rights and obviously the NFL and the NBA starting. September, uh, so they try and get the goal finished. Yep. Uh, so we're into the the final week coming up this week. Um, the the top thirty, I think they're playing for the top thirty play for sixty million this week. 
total purse. So wow, ten million to the winner, and then it scales down. Basically, everyone that finished in the top one twenty five gets paid, but the top thirty who play this week get the bonus. So, so how did it work? So you had to make the seventy cut off. Was that top seventy in the world, or was that top no, seventy top for seven, that tournament? Top seventy in the money earners for the year. Yeah, so right. it starts with one twenty five. Then got cut to seventy, but it wasn't necessarily where you finished in that tournament. It was where you no, it finished. Was where you finished for the year. So uh, they have a, a point system. Yeah. So is Tiger done? Yeah, he finished. So he's finished. So it's only the top thirty advanced to this. Yeah. This week coming. Yeah. He finished forty two or forty three. I yeah, think. Yeah, righto. So he's done. Um, Scotty's still alive, but yeah. So the Australians we got um, Adam and I think Leishman. Are the only two to go on to the final 30? Yeah, right. Jason Day dropped out. He was mid-40s. Did he? Um, so they now start – it's a new format this year, but they basically start uh, at the start of the Tour Championship this week. They start on a certain score relative to where they are ranked. Wow. So, for example, Justin Thomas will go in as the number one seed. Yeah. He starts this week's tournament at minus 10. Cantlay, who is number two on the points, he'll start at minus eight. And it goes all the way back down to, I think, 25 to 30 all start at even par. Wow. What, so in the years gone what by... What does that do, though? Well, in the years gone by, they'd have the Tour Championship and you would, you'd have a winner of the Tour Championship. Yeah. Then you'd allocate points relative to where you finished in that tournament and then that would determine who won the FedEx Cup, which is a $10 million yeah. first prize. The idea behind this is everyone knows during that during the week... What their score is. Yeah. So obviously as they go through, Thomas starts at 10 under. If he shoots two under the first day, he'll go to minus 12 at the end of the first day. And everyone else relative to what they do. During the course of the tournament, everyone now knows where they stand against winning that first prize of 10 million bucks. So whereas last year you and I were listening to it in the car, Tiger won, but he didn't necessarily Correct. win the whole Tiger lot. won the Tour Championship last yeah. year. But Justin Rose won the FedEx. So for this, whoever so this wins year, the final... Well, whoever whoever finishes on the best score yeah. relative to where they've been ranked right now, yeah. so relative to what they start the tournament on, they'll then win the FedEx. That's huge. So, you know, for example, Scotty, I think starting at 12th or 13th, yeah. I think he starts on about minus two or minus three. Yeah, okay. So basically he's seven shots off the lead starting... But everyone knows where they're at. So, yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, so I think it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see. It's the first time they've done it. In the past, guys out on the course during the tournament, you know, the TV coverage has been okay because they've updated yeah. the regular FedEx standings. But the guys on the course haven't really known where they're at, where they're at in the whole FedEx um, standings. Is it time to bring in a shot clock in golf? Bryson DeChambeau, obviously, you're talking about. Is it DeChambeau or De- Rochambeau? DeChambeau. Or well, Rochambeau is that game where you kick each other in the nuts. Oh, yeah, that game. Do you want to play? I'm going first. <laughs> <laughs> you had a funny funny upbringing, didn't you? <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to see it. Like, you've got a minute to putt and then 58, 59. Yeah, look, he... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he's, he's copped a heap of publicity particular social media over the last couple of weeks and there's actually footage of him one shot or one part not just social media all the other pros were roasting him well yeah on social media yeah um you know there was a shot where he took two and a half minutes or something to hit a putt i guess from another competitor point of view it's 
you know, it's it's probably most off putting for them. Yeah. Stand around and watch and wait, you know, and there's nothing worse as a quick player to be paired or with a slow player when you're constantly waiting all day. Yep. So yeah, I think there's merit for well, there is there's always been you've got a certain period of time to, to hit each shot. Um I think they they probably slacken off a bit on the PJ too and probably don't enforce it. Yeah. But if he's in a group that's slow and that you know, the the PJ tour has you've got a certain period of time to be behind the group in front. Yeah. If they fall behind they go on the clock and they, they get watched by the PJ tour and they've got to pick up the pace of blow. Yeah, right. Now if you're in the group with him and you get put on the clock and you're a quick player. Uh, yeah. I mean that's just pressure you don't need. It just it just absolutely pisses you off. I mean it's it just puts you straight off your game. So I think that's where all the other players are getting frustrated. While we're, while we're on the golf, there was a cracking podcast that needs no pumping up, but Matty Johns is obviously the best in the game. He had a special guest on last week, Craig Johnson. How is, how is he not a household name? I'd never heard of him before I listened to the pod, and he should be one of the most famous Australians we've ever had. Well, yeah, you, a lot of people would know who he is. Obviously, the, you know, kicked a, the winning goal for Liverpool in the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time overseas. It's it's funny, and I, you probably brought it up. I, I spent a bit of time with him a couple of years ago in the Bahamas. I, I spent a week with him. So that's uh, why I'm filthy, because I, I want to know why we didn't get that exclusive here at Beers and Banner for a start. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, we might have to we might have to work on that yeah. one. We might have missed the boat. But but you've met him. Like, yeah, no, I, I spent a week with him over in the Bahamas, probably going back four or five years ago. A few of the, few of the boys went over for... Tiger Woods tournament over there. Yep. Um, and he was over there with Timmy Kale for the week, and you know we, we we sort of spent the week with them there once. They worked out where Aussies and whatever. Um, but I actually watched and listened to that podcast, and and you know his story is unbelievable. He you know he went to Europe as a went to England as a fifteen year old and got told he was the worst player ever to 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 try and play or to try out for. Football over there, you know, over in his first half into into a trial. Any any kid that's coming up and want, thinks they're going to be something big, they need to listen to that podcast. Yeah, it, and and the way he is and his like his philosophy on life and the way he talks and the stories he tells is exactly how he is. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a couple of really good nights on the piss and a game of golf and walked around with him on the golf course there most days. And the way he came across in the podcast is just it's him. He's just I never knew who he was, and and I think I've added him to my four over for a barbecue. Mate, like his, mate, he is, his uh, story. So post soccer, like he he ended his soccer career early, but went on to probably have a more successful post sporting career than probably what his what, yeah, what his well, soccer career you know, was. Most guys, and you say that you know people don't know who he is, but everyone knows the predator. Yeah, football bone, and he actually invented that. I was talking to a mate of mine today, and he's like, "Yeah, I had a pair of those." Yeah, <laughs> you know they. Um, he was very successful at business, but you know, then went bankrupt, and it, just his life story and his journey is. I reckon he would have cost you some money. He invented that automatic billing billing um, software that bills your mini bar as soon as you take your stubby out of it. Yeah, he probably got me a few <laughs> times. It's cost you some <laughs> cash. Um, but yeah, that was uh, anyone who hasn't listened to that pod, do yourself a favour. It was. Don't don't pause this one, but once once this one finishes, go and check that yeah, out because it it's a good um, story. It's a hell of a story, and you know he's a he's a hell of a guy. He's back living in Newcastle now, just a, just a country lad that 
Um, loves Australia, but made his name overseas. Um, yeah, just a great guy. I'd, I'd, yeah, I reckon he'd have some cracking stories. Yeah. Uh, I think that just about wraps us up. Wallaby's got a bit of a reality check on the weekend. Mm. Uh, I was hoping to call this podcast Slice of Heaven, but it just didn't... Uh, yeah, I didn't watch a lot of it, but I kept flicking over to, to check the score. and wasn't pretty. Just outplayed, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't even know where to start. They're just too good for him. So that's, uh, is that it now, pretty much until the World Cup? Uh, surely we've got to play South Africa in the um, rugby championship. Yeah, maybe. It's only a month or so until the World Cup starts, so. Can't be long. Hard to, hard to see. Well, we've heard it every World Cup, but hard to see New Zealand not, not winning it again. Yeah, but they don't get to play all the games at Eden Park. No, they don't, but. Yeah, who, who's going to beat them? Well, Australia beat them in Perth last weekend and the, the South Africans beat them the other week in South Africa. Yeah. Oh, you can back someone else. I'll take New Zealand with you. You're going New Zealand. I'm talking to backing. Where's Where's Junior? Has, has he come out of hiding? No, I don't think so. Come back, have, Junior. Have you showed up at the surf club yet? No. No, I can't. We've got to come up with uh, some cash. I don't know how we're going to do it. A um, couple of shout-outs. Uh, Jolie, uh, coach of the – or manager? What is it? Coach or manager of soccer team? Manager. Manager. Broad Beach Soccer, the reserve grade team. They've they've uh, they've won the uh, the premiership there on the weekend. So, shout-out, Jolie. Uh, post-high competition. We've got a winner there. From Apologies that we missed the announcement last week. Yeah, we got it there, everyone. No. Was, Should I? Yeah. Can we put it up on Facebook later on? It was Will Horseful is the lucky winner. So uh, send us a private message and uh, we'll we'll put that in the mail to you, mate. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, sorry tonight was a bit rusty, people. We have had an absolute shocker. Uh, that's what happens when we miss a week. Uh, we'll be back better than ever next week. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you then. Over now. Cheers. Right.